Today's podcast features an article from Discern Magazine. Finding Peace of Mind by Mike Bennett. Even before the coronavirus pandemic and the resulting global economic crisis, life for many was stressful and uncertain. But now, facing the onslaught of an invisible enemy and unprecedented emergency measures, everyone's level of anxiety and stress has exploded. It's like a dangerous hurricane. These crises spawn tornadoes of trauma of various types for family and individuals around the world. The crises of 2020 have been compared to some of the worst catastrophes in history, including world wars of the last century. And we're told that things will never be the same. The feelings of panic, lack of control, uncertainty, fuel worry and fear and depression and even substance abuse. The mental anguish and turmoil saps us of hope and peace of mind. Experts acknowledge that emotional distress is to be expected in times of trauma. The CDC says it is natural to feel stress, anxiety, grief, and worry during and after a disaster. Everyone reacts differently, and your own feelings will change over time. Notice and accept how you feel. Taking care of your emotional health during an emergency will help you think clearly and react to the urgent needs to protect yourself and your family. But I think we all know that facing unrelenting waves of crises make this even more challenging. Do we have to just accept the unpredictability of our age as the new normal? It's anything but normal, and its effects are not healthy. And they're not sustainable. So where can we find inner peace and serenity during these stressful and uncertain times? Where can we find true inner peace? Where can we find someone capable of helping us? Someone with the power and wisdom and caring concern just to calm the storms and give us peace of mind? Well, let me review with you a story of some seasoned sailors who were facing a literal windstorm. And this story will point us in the right direction toward the answer. There was a time when Jesus and his disciples set out across the Sea of Galilee in a small boat. Jesus was exhausted and he fell asleep as they sailed. In Mark 4, verses 37 through 39, we can read this story. And it says a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, Do you not care that we are perishing? Now, several of these disciples were experienced fishermen. So if they thought their lives were in danger, it's sure that they were. So what did Jesus do? Did he start bailing water and put on the life jackets? No. It says Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. The loving God who has the power to create the earth and the sea and the wind and the power to control them, do you think he can also calm the storms of worry and doubt and uncertainty when they plague our minds? William Barclay uh, wrote notes in his commentary, the Daily Study Bible on this section, and he concludes his notes on this section with saying, he gives us peace in the storms of anxiety. The chief enemy of peace is worry. Worry for ourselves. Worry about the unknown future. Worry about those we love. 
But Jesus speaks to us of a father whose hands will never cause his child a needless tear, and of a love beyond which neither we nor those we love can ever drift. In the storm of anxiety, he brings us the peace of the love of God. It's a great quote. During the most traumatic time of his life, Jesus made a profound and surprising, actually, surprising promise to his followers. The night before his arrest and trial and beating and crucifixion, he told them, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's in John 14, 27. That word peace, that was a, a common way, shalom, the Hebrew word at the time. It was a common way to say hello or goodbye. But Jesus' promise meant far more. The Expositor's Bible Commentary says this, The peace Jesus spoke of could not be exemption from conflict and trial. Jesus himself had been troubled by the impending crucifixion. The peace he spoke of here is the calmness of confidence in God. Jesus had this peace because he was sure of the Father's love and approval. He could therefore move forward to meet the crisis without fear or hesitation. Jesus made it possible for his followers to share this powerful inner peace by becoming right with God and trusting fully in his loving care. What he offered to them was real peace of mind. Expositors also says the world can only give false peace, which comes mostly from the ignorance of peril or self-reliance. Later the same night, Jesus added, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. That's in John 16, 33. The kind of peace Jesus offers is not found uh, like in a, some monastery cut off from the world. No, it's right out here in the midst of all the troubles and uncertainties of the real world. Expositors also notes on this verse, Jesus does not overlook the trial that will affect them as well as himself, for that is inevitable in a world alienated from God. He does, however, proclaim victory over it. So even while troubles may swirl around us, we can still have real inner peace. Jesus himself set the example of experiencing peace and joy in spite of terrible trials. How did he do it? Well, he did it by focusing on his essential mission in fulfilling God's plan of salvation, and he focused on the end result, the peaceful kingdom of God. And he wants us to focus on the mission that he has given us and that same wonderful world, the kingdom of God, that will come at his return. Later in the New Testament, we read how the Apostle Paul identified peace as part of the fruit produced in a repentant Christian through the receiving of God's Holy Spirit. It's one of the, what is called in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. And Paul also outlined steps we can take to come to that peace and to enjoy a peace that is actually beyond our ability to fully comprehend. He wrote in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, when our worshipful and trusting prayers include both request and gratitude, God promises to give us His peace. William Barclay's comments on this verse are also instructive. He wrote, Paul insists that we must give thanks in everything, in sorrows and in joys alike. That implies two things. It implies gratitude and also perfect submission to the will of God. It is only when we are fully convinced that God is working all things together for good that we can really feel to Him the perfect gratitude which believing prayer demands. So not only does the peace of God remove the need for anxiety and fretfulness, it transcends our understanding. Barclay says, this means that the peace of God is so precious that man's mind, with all its skill and all its knowledge, can never produce it. It can never be of man's contriving. It is only of God's giving. The way to peace is in prayer to entrust ourselves and all whom we hold dear to the loving hands of God. As Paul said, God's peace serves like a soldier protecting our hearts and minds. Paul continued in verse 8 with a plan for directing our thoughts. Thinking about things in a certain way is another key to inner peace. He wrote, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So what storm are you facing? Cast your cares on God and ask Him with thanksgiving to give you peace of mind and to help face the challenges with faith and a positive attitude. Because when He says, peace, be still, miracles happened. Just accept His offer of the peace that passes all understanding. Sidebar, practical tips for relieving stress. We naturally feel stress when facing turmoil and trauma, but experts point to the health benefits of several stress-reducing activities, such as 1. Exercise. According to mayoclinic.org, exercise in almost any form can act as a stress reliever. Being active can boost your feel-good endorphins and distract you from daily worries. A second one is enjoy God's creation. Clinical psychologist Robert Puff in psychologytoday.com advises a daily practice of appreciating nature is one of the most beneficial activities you can do to increase happiness and reduce stress. While you may feel like you have no time in the day, it only requires a few minutes. Start by taking a five-minute walk outside every day. And during this time, disconnect yourself from electronic devices. Another point is to spend time with a pet. This may even combine with the previous points. The U.S. National Institutes of Health article, The Power of Pets, says, Nothing compares to the joy of coming home to a loyal companion. The unconditional love of a pet can do more than keep you company. Pets may also decrease stress, improve heart health, and even help children with their emotional and social skills. And then one last point, spend time without screens. High screen use can have a negative impact on mental health, 
writes Nina Schroeder on the National Alliance of Mental Illness website. Research suggests that less time on social media leads to better well-being. Thanks for listening. For more information from today's featured article, visit lifehopeandtruth.com.